this series will be lifting the lid on IMG Arena. We'll be sharing who IMG Arena are, what they're doing and what they've got planned for the future. This series will be hosted by me, Stephanie Williams. And on each episode, I'll be speaking to different people from all around the business, all around the globe, sharing what they're up to. This series aims to highlight what the business is doing. We'll discuss the challenges and fun we're having whilst building the company, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello, and welcome to the final episode of the IMG Arena podcast series for 2022. Hopefully you should all know by now, but I, Stephanie Williams, am your host, and this month, as promised, we are talking to the one and only Freddie Long. Freddie is the founder, creator and boss of everything and everyone at IMG Arena and he is going to be joining us today to talk all things IMG Arena with a few personal touches thrown in. For those of you who don't know, Freddie Long formed what was formerly known as IMG Gaming all the way back in 2012 and since then it has steadily progressed to the behemoth that is now. Enough of me chatting, let's meet the man himself. So, Freddie Long. Hi Steph. So as usual, we're going to kickstart the session off with a few questions to warm us up. Candy Crush or your fidget spinner, Freddie? Both. I'd like to be playing Candy Crush in one hand and playing with a fidget spinner in the other. Okay. And actually, there's even better than a fidget spinner. There's a cube that one of my children got in their Christmas stockings that has a different thing on each side, that like a light switch, there's a buttony thing, there's a twizzly thing, and it's bloody brilliant. So I'd like that as well, so all three. <laughs> what are you watching right now on Netflix, Disney, Amazon, Hulu, anything? So I always have about three or four different things on the go. I have stuff that I have to watch with my wife. And so we're watching White Lotus at the moment. Fantastic. Together. Um, but then uh, away from that, I'm watching Dallas Cowboys All or Nothing and, becoming a, and trying to train myself to become an NFL fan. <laughs> uh, I've also watched Band of Brothers again. I always watch Band of Brothers at this time of year. So I've got <laughs> quite a few different things on the go, but I'm really into All or Nothing. I love, uh, I love those sport documentaries and I particularly like um, sport documentaries where I don't know that much about the sport, like, uh, like NFL. There's a tennis one coming out soon. Yeah, and a golf one, and which golf we're very one. excited about. Maybe a bit touchy, a bit close to home, but do you think Norwich are going to get promoted this season? No, I do not, and I certainly hope they don't either. It's, uh, it's painful getting promoted every other season and uh, watching your team getting thumped week in, week out. Not for Fulham this season? No, they're not. I'm actually quite pleased with Fulham because there was that can't remember who said it, but they thought that Norwich and Fulham should just be put in a league of their own and made to play each other for eternity. <laughs> that would be fair. That wouldn't be even fun or good football. Right, that's out of the way. We're nicely warmed up. Now I'd like to learn more about you, Freddie Long, if that's okay. You've been working at IMG for quite a few years now. I'm not going to say how many. And you started this area of the business that we now know as IMG Arena. What was your first role at IMG and how did you get the job? So 16 years, so I know it's <laughs> hard to believe with my boyish good looks that I've managed to retain all this time. And fabulous moustache. Yes, indeed. Movember.com forward slash IMG Arena. Is that what it is? Good plug, good plug. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so 16 years ago, I had the grandiose title of business development executive for Gamer.tv, which was a quite unwanted subsidiary of IMG Media way back when. It was a video game business that had a 25-minute show that was put on after midnight on Dave. Prime time. The Dave, <laughs> the Dave channel. So suffice to say, and, and the reason why is that I effectively I'd had, you know, I'm a university dropout. 
I've got really bad academic background in terms of my grades. I don't know why you're laughing. It's hard. Anyway, so, yeah, and I, so in 2006, I had about six different jobs. And so eventually I got this job with a view to sort of somehow trying to traverse across into, um, into sport, which I successfully did about nine months into my tenure. Did I even answer the question there? What was the original question? <laughs> no, you answered it. It was what your first role and how, yeah. and how did you so get So business the job? development uh, sales executive. So a business development executive, actually. Did and you... there wasn't much business to develop. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from the obvious size of it, how do you think Arena has changed since the start? From the early days? Yeah. That's quite a big question. I mean, it's just changed its focus a lot. It's broadened its focus, I should say, not changed its focus. Um, it has... You know, I think originally we were IMG Gaming. We were very, very much um, in the sports betting sector. Um, and we've clearly evolved into being, you know, a sports data and technology business with both the ability to create more and more data sets upstream uh, with the rights holders and then increasingly being able to deploy those data sets either in their raw format or via product into a growing set of end use cases. God, I went all serious then, didn't I? You did. Yeah, I felt it. <laughs> I felt my... Um, do you, are you familiar with what an amdiglia is? The amygdala. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. How do you pronounce <laughs> I, it? I think it's amygdala. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong, because I can't... I, I literally, I've been, trying, I've been trying to... Anyway, I'm, I'm obsessed with it at the moment. So um, I think my amygdala then just kicked in, which, which is why I went a bit serious <laughs> talking about work. I'm impressed you knew that, by the way. I only learned about it yesterday. I don't know what it does, but I just know the word. So it's the lobe at the base of your back of your head that is apparently, I think it's got reptilian connotation. Anyway, it's basically, it's the lobe that monitors your fight or flight. So it clouds your judgment if you're in a state of emergency. And so if it clouds your judgment, it prevents your prefrontal cortex, which is your conscious brain from being rational about things. Oh. Bet you did not expect me to say that. <laughs> no, no. I anyway. actually had no idea. Yeah, well... Back to Arena. Back to Arena, yeah. How did Arena initially come about? Arena came about because there was the emergence of a business called Perform, which was a, a, a recently merged entity from two businesses called Inform, which was set up by a guy called Simon Denyer, and Premium TV, which was a kind of technical arm of, I think it was NTL. And they came together to create Perform. And what Perform started to do was distribute or, or started to aggregate digital rights. And their primary revenue stream was distributing video to sports books. And that non-exclusive model started to gather enough traction that the revenue that you could extract from a non-exclusive global sports betting market started to outweigh some of the international broadcast revenues that had always been the primary revenue stream for a rights holder. And so there was a kind of sea change. And, and I, was, I was feeding that engine. So I, when I say I traversed from being a gamer TV business development executive, I became a digital media sales executive at IMG Media. And I was selling rights to Perform and then another company called Sportsman, who've subsequently been acquired by Sport Radar. But essentially... The sea change moment was when IMG Media, who had been the incumbent broadcast distribution partner for the WTA, IMG lost the whole rights business from WTA to Perform because Perform were able to extract more value from the betting market 
than could be extracted from the broadcast market. So essentially the tail started wagging the dog and therefore IMG realized that unless we reacted, Perform was starting to roll their tanks onto the IMG's kind of core core business lawn to really mix my metaphors. But, <laughs> you know, that was kind of, I, I always remember that as a sort of very pivotal moment in what the trigger was. And then it was like, how do we then start to bypass perform and sportsmen, less so sportsmen, but very much perform. How do we bypass them with a direct to sports book relationship so that we are able to generate these kind of revenues ourselves and bolt them together with media and therefore be in a sort of strong position again? And we tried a variety of, sort of different ways, but eventually the Enet Pulse business came up and they recently won the ATP WTA data contract, official data contract. It was the sort of first of its kind, frankly. And they were not a business that was sophisticated enough to handle a kind of complex client like the ATP. So they were sort of semi in distress and, and ultimately we acquired them. And that was the beginnings of what was called back then as, as IMG Gaming. The tennis really was the founding father of uh, IMG Gaming, really. Yeah, it was certainly the, um, it was certainly the, you know, is it a roux that you, you make at the beginning of making a sort of delicious sauce? Is it called a roux? It I is called it a roux, yeah. Yeah, so, so that was the sort of roux. So, so we always sort of feel that the ATP in tennis is sort of totally embedded within our DNA. I love tennis, so I'm all happy with that. As everyone knows, I've been here for plenty of years, but obviously you and Max are probably the, as we like to call it, the true OGs. But you and Max are like the founding fathers of the team and you make a wonderful team and double act together and work very well together, I think. How has that relationship developed and, and been maintained over the years? I don't know. I, I, well, I do know. So it's weird. I mean, you're right. I mean, Max and I have an incredible relationship. And I've certainly, I've been on record more times than I can shake a stick at that, you know, without him, we would be a much, much poorer place because we complement one another perfectly, I think. You're hilarious in meetings together. And I think that, yeah, I mean, he's you know recognised for being a good foil to me and we have very complementary skill sets and I think that he values my opinion and I hugely value his opinion and you know we've we've been very lucky that I think over the last 10 years or so that we've been working together 10 years plus there's barely been a crossword he once got really annoyed with me when I asked him to get his feet out the trough and pass something to me at a client dinner which I didn't I really didn't mean to upset him by it. but I think that's about it match made in heaven We've been on many a journey together in many different complex environments. And yeah, we dovetail well. Okay, so let's start focusing on IMG Arena this year. I'm going to take you through a journey through time, a very brief one. The last January, everyone in London was working from home due to COVID. We returned to the office, chomping at the bit to return, and we definitely hit the ground running. Over the year, we have been steadily building our status in football through the MLS and European League still, and basketball through MBL, BBL, and other further acronyms I can't name. And in March, we welcomed Signality to IMG Arena. And then a few months later, we welcomed OpenBet to Endeavor, a company that we're going to be working very closely with in the future. It's been a busy year. So looking back, and with that very, very high level and bad summary, how have you enjoyed the year? Enjoyed the year? It's an interesting choice of word. So I'm always fixated on the direction that we're going in. And so I often don't take stock of the incredible achievements that we have all collectively made. Perfect timing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had a meeting the other day where sort of looking ahead into 2023 and the sizable challenges that we have. And as part of the exercise, we did a quick review on what we'd achieved in 2022. And actually, 
it was quite sort of staggering. The list kind of goes on and on and on. You know, I've enjoyed watching a huge number of the team flourish. Clearly, we've got a shed load of new people and hopefully over time that they will flourish. But, you know, I think we've seen a lot of people across the business really step up over the last 12 months. You know, it's no secret I'm a huge advocate of being in the office, not working from home. And that's purely because I enjoy being around people. I love being irritating and sort of doorstepping people and asking questions that historically for the previous two years, you'd have to set up a 15, 20 minute Teams call and it was just unbelievably cumbersome and painful. So I think, you know, I've really enjoyed being back in the office. I've really enjoyed being with everybody. I've enjoyed watching the story and the narrative of IMG Arena massively evolve over the last 12 months. You referred to the Signality acquisition, but there was obviously FlightScope, etc. So, you know, I've, I've just hugely enjoyed seeing us execute against a vision that is going to go through some challenge and tough times next year, frankly. But I think as we look into 24, 25 and beyond, I think we're setting out our stool for really, really exciting future success. And so I think in that respect... When the final whistle blows on the 19th of December and everyone's hopefully um, having a nice holiday season, then people can reflect on the incredible achievements we've made. And, and hopefully people will reflect and think of it as being an incredibly enjoyable passage of recent history. I think it's been a great year. But obviously, any year there's going to be challenges. What do you think were going to be the biggest challenges of 2022 when you started the year? And how did you mitigate against them? So our challenges in January were not quite, they weren't challenges that were going to impact 2022. The biggest challenges were, we've got two or three kind of absolute core challenges that if we can overcome, we're in great shape. Challenge number one is doing everything we can to retain our relationship with the ATP. So everyone across our entire business has touched our tennis business in some way, shape or form. And and this year, we've invested a lot of time and effort in trying to create a range of capabilities and services that are just too irresistible for the ATP to, to not want to continue our relationship. So that was challenge number one. And I think we've done a pretty good job of mitigating the risk of losing that relationship by investing in player and ball tracking, by investing in a pathway for the ATP to be able to monetize their what they call level three that we would call tracking data. You know, we've tried to help support their ambition across that entire value chain. So that's how we try to, to mitigate that risk. We've also had to have a kind of counter strategy. What happens if we actually do lose tennis? I talked about it essentially being embedded within our DNA. Like if we lose the ATP, what does that mean for us? It's sort of, there may have been a period of time in the past where that would have been an existential threat to IMG Arena. So we made the conscious decision to really diversify into different sports. And we've done that very successfully with soccer and basketball this year. You just mentioned several assets that we've acquired and we've bought a big position in football and we've bought a big position in basketball. You know, that's a strategy that we hope that we get the best of both worlds. We renew tennis and we retain football and basketball. It's a different world football data than tennis data it's less clean it's got unique challenges versus tennis and I think that in hindsight maybe we could have looked at some of those challenges a bit more deeply but we are running plenty of mitigation strategies to try and help establish and stabilize that business over the next 12 months is that why we're looking at buying like, the European leagues as an example is a larger organization of multiple leagues together? 
like I know at the conference this year we talked about them working together to create unified rules and unified like agreements of what a tackle is or what a What's exciting is that first of all we need to you know we need to establish all the distribution in soccer in the way that we have with tennis. Then the next step is how do we build more value for the European leagues? How do we create more value for them? And that's looking at new data sets and obviously the acquisition of signality plays into that really nicely. They're, you know, incredibly strong at computer vision and soccer's always been their primary focus. They're already working with the Swedish Allsvenskan, you know, so there's plenty of exciting directions that we can take with the European leagues and indeed our other non-European league soccer clients. So yeah, so I think that's all I would say about that. Uh, and then the third point, I guess the third sort of big ask was golf and the dreaded integrations word, you know, certainly back in 2006, if you said that I would say or, or hear the word integration, you know, a thousand times a week, every week, then I would have been disappointed and I'm disappointed <laughs> that I have to hear it now. But getting our golf product more deeply integrated with our customers with wider uptake on the market types is of absolute paramount importance as well. And that's so, where OpenBet come in as well. Yeah, so I think OpenBet play a role in that. You know, I know that the team and we've grown so quickly this year, you know, we've expanded in so many different directions. We've got lots of teams doing great things, but one of our focuses for next year has to be how do we optimize those teams? How do we bring those teams together in a way that is getting better outcomes faster through a kind of more joined up approach? And, and that's perfectly natural and it's an exciting project and we'll, we'll make plenty of improvements and hopefully the beneficiaries will be the sports books who can integrate our products quicker. I'm not sure if I've asked this question already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What are your biggest accomplishments for this year and what are you most proud of? Well, actually, funny enough, I haven't mentioned this the odcn project phenomenal i just think it's un literally unbelievable unbelievable i cannot believe the challenge that we just threw into the business stuck our fingers in our ears and closed our eyes and hope for the best and that is something that the whole business the whole business has played a role in and you know there's no point naming names people know who they are but like how you go from winning a contract to creating a infrastructure that is capable of going to and collecting real-time data basically anywhere in the world is just unbelievable. And it touched every department, every single department. Tech, product, legal, finance, HR, delivery, marketing. It also helped like even different offices outside of London as well, like Sydney offices, the New York offices, everything. It touched everyone. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, plenty of pockets of Endeavour lent in as well. I mean, that's got to be the, the single sort of the biggest success story. And, and what I love about it is that, yeah, everyone played a part. No, it was <laughs> just talking out loud. It was just everything they did was just phenomenal achievement. So yeah. shout out to them. Um... <laughs> <laughs> seems anticlimactic doesn't it well done you <laughs> i mentioned it before but open bet have recently been welcomed into the endeavor umbrella how do you think they will help img arena grow and how do you think this relationship will play out so i think they're a great bunch i think the relationship will be awesome i think that the great thing about their business and our business is that there is just a really neat convergence we come very much from the sport end of the spectrum and we kind of travel down that value chain through the data creation and audiovisual production, et cetera, into 
a lot of the products and solutions that we've built over the last two or three years, like our event centers, etc. And then you start flowing that data into some of the sports betting products that they have, like their Sportcast Bet Builder and their Donbest uh, US Sports solutions. And then, you know, increasingly just pricing feeds generally. And it's just enormously complementary, you know, but like all these things, wish we could just be doing it all yesterday and be further down the track. Um, there's never enough hours in the day to execute against the incredible abundance of opportunity that both businesses have going forward. No, it's fun working with them. I think we worked them quite closely for G2 this year, conference in Vegas. I think we'll continue working them on a marketing side as well. So yeah. it'll be fun to see how it plays out. So 2023 is fast approaching us now. What are you targeting most for 2023? So the three things I just mentioned, football and basketball data distribution. We've got a multifaceted MLS program to execute against. And then, you know, giving golf the best possible chance of of reaching the kind of mid and high cases that we've set ourselves. And then I think, you know, a big focus on customer excellence. And that's probably quite a lot of sort of inward looking stuff that we need to do to tighten up any kind of areas that are a little bit loose as a consequence of the rate that we've grown, you know, typical growing pains. So continue to really obsess over internal excellence. And I think the other things will start to take care of themselves as a consequence. You have mentioned that 2023 is going to be a bit of a challenging year for IMG Arena. Can you give us more detail into that? I mean, it's the same theme as as I've already touched on. You know, we have out of necessity, both from a growth standpoint and a a mitigation to any kind of material losses of of rights. You know, we've said that we need and want to expand into other sports and we're doing that. But that comes, you know, it's not easy. It's not straightforward. There's an awful lot of things that need to happen and Frankly, we we operate in a market sector that is not as sophisticated or mature as perhaps some other media sectors like the broadcast world. So we have challenges that perhaps are unusual versus challenges that you might face in a more mature and sophisticated sector. And I sort of I don't need to sort of lean too into it, but there's quite a lot of different ways in which data and the ability to collect and disseminate data, the different lenses through which people look at what is and isn't okay. Um, and it's, you know, that brings with it quite a lot of challenge. And I think that's the biggest challenge that we need to overcome in the football and basketball space. And then on, uh, you know, on golf, we just need, we just need to get the solutions broadly. I mean, look, we've done some brilliant deals and I think we've probably got deals done with 90% plus of the market. The bit that needs more focus is robust deployment of all of these new market types that have been empowered as a consequence of the ultra low latency, highly reliable, highly accurate data that we've spent many a year fine tuning with PGA Tour and and building out ourselves with the DP World Tour. Rights deals are obviously continually going up and the value of them is always going up and up and up. How do you think that will play out in the future? How do you mean? like the MLS deal and the MLS amount? It's a huge stimulus for innovation. You know, if, with increased fees, you need to sweat those assets in as many ways as possible. So you're incentivized to try and reimagine the data in ways that can be monetized in every which way possible. So I think it, I think it stimulates and encourages innovation. To what extent it's sustainable, the kind of the growth in rights fees is is probably a big question mark. And I think... You know, we've placed some big bets and we've been supported by Endeavour over the last sort of 24 months in that respect. But I think we're going to go through a period of digestion now 
and also be very measured about new deals. There will be a point where we have to walk away because, you know, we're not in the business of... Losing money. ...hemorrhaging money. <laughs> and then what are you most excited about in 2023, on a personal level and a professional level? Oh, crikey. Uh, on a, well, look, I, I, on a professional level, I'm excited about watching us execute and deliver in the way that we have always done. And another podcast. Uh, yes, I'm very excited about doing <laughs> another podcast. And then uh, on a personal level, what am I most excited about? Well, do you know what? It's all getting pretty big pretty quickly because we're going to have to um, we're going to have to move house. What? Why? I thought you'd just moved in. Well, yeah, we were renting a house, but we thought we might be able to buy it. Yeah. But we suspect it's going to be beyond our means, mm. which means we've got to move. So you know, I'm excited about the the endless tension between my wife and I as we continue to debate where we would move to not this again yeah I'm afraid so it's only been going on for seven years uh, yeah I mean it literally has yeah oh gosh anyway so yes I'm excited because this time next year something will have to have happened so either I'll be sleeping you know in a cardboard box with my family in the middle of Chiswick Business Park excellent commute or though. um yes it would be a good commute um actually funny enough one of those little teepee jobs would probably, <laughs> probably be quite fun for a few weeks yeah Get a decent heater from Halfords. The kids would love it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We go fishing for our for our <laughs> supper in the evening, and go and sit on the bridge. Ooh, nice koi carp for dinner again. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, fingers crossed. Looking forward to talking about you next year about where you're finally living. It's all been one way traffic. What are you most excited about in 2023, <laughs> Steph? Or am I allowed to ask the interviewer? No, you can ask me that. Um, what am I most looking forward to? Um, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. Um, I think my mum's looking forward to me trying to find a boyfriend next year. Who is? My mum. She's looking for a boyfriend. No, she's, look, she's on the lookout for me to find ah, a boyfriend. okay. But yeah, I don't know what I'm looking forward to 2023. Well, um, what about, surely, because um, you're a very, very talented golfer and a very talented, surely it's winning the netball championship with your with the Barnes team? No, our team is rubbish. Oh, okay. I wish I, wish I hadn't asked that <laughs> No, I think, I think I think I'd like to get down to single-figure goal, uh, single handicap in golf. Yes, I think that's something. Yeah, I think I'd like, to get, I'd like to get down to 9.4. I think that would be excellent. Do you know what I would like to try and do is try and, try and get down to triple figures for my hand. <laughs> Are you joining Turkey Trot next year? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the internal golf competition. Uh, no, I will not. <laughs> the only person I'm really comfortable playing golf with is Max Wright because I don't, you know, he's trying to encourage me to go when we go out to see the PGA Tour next year to do a round of golf with them. And I, I just don't think I could bring the good IMG Arena name into such... I, could, I think I could put our brand under such duress. <laughs> You know, a brand collateral under such duress in front of a key client. That would be, uh, yeah. If you want to invite me out to play golf with PGA, I, I'm happy, yeah. Yes, that's fine. Well, if you if you want, you can stick on a sort of faux moustache. Have you not like seen my November picture? I've got a moustache on that one. And you can, yes, you can play as me. Great, perfect. I'll do that. Okay, the final part of the podcast and my favourite part, we're going to ask you some really random questions now. If you could swap jobs with one person at IMG Arena for one day, who would it be and why? Uh... Gosh, I don't know. I think you've whipped off the bales. You've stumped me. <laughs> Who would I like to swap places with at IMG Arena and why? I'd probably swap places with Max Wright because he just sort of swings on his chair, not really worrying about anything and sort of leaves at five o'clock on the dot. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite one is if you could choose one person at IMG Arena to chop off your leg. You're on a mountain, you can't get down and one person's got to chop it off. Who would you choose? To chop off my leg. Yeah. Um, and why, obviously? 
don't know, it's a toss-up. It possibly Sam shut because, you know, he'd be sort of quite jolly and fun as he did it. Mm-hmm. And sort of distraction techniques, but also, you know, potentially Matt Lammy, who's just very sort of forensic and methodical, and he'd probably do an extremely good job and ensure that the arteries were sort of... The, the coagulation at the end of the arteries would kick in and so I wouldn't suffer any he would tourniquet- blood losses. And, yeah. you know, he'd just be very methodical about it. He would tourniquet you first and then chop it off. It'd yes, I think, he'd be, I think he'd be very sort of, yeah, detailed and considered. And then it's a festive season, so what are your plans for Christmas and what have you asked for? We're going up to stay with my family, which will be nice because we, uh, we haven't done that for a couple of years um, and it will be with my all of my family, my brother and sister and Nora and their children, so we should all be very jolly. And then what have I asked for for Christmas? I mean, I never get it. I never. <laughs> I always ask Father Christmas to pay off my mortgage and he just won't <laughs> bloody do it. Fingers crossed he pays the mortgage off you. What are you doing for Christmas and what have you asked for for Christmas <laughs> apart from <laughs> the obvious? If you say you definitely can't say what... I, this what do you year... think your mother's asking for <laughs> <laughs> This year, it's just me, mum and dad this Christmas. My sister and brother are with their in-laws, so it's just me. We're Is that in- nice? Does that mean you get sort of pampered and looked after? Oh, we do. I, I even get a stocking. But the only issue is I don't get turkey for Christmas Day. Parents are refusing to have turkey. Instead? So, I mean, it's fine. We've got a beef wellington. I mean, like, boo-hoo me, but... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, and then what, <laughs> what, I know. And then what am I asking for? Well, it's just, it's just been, my, been my birthday. So I've just... I've just you kept got, that quiet. When was your birthday? You signed my card. <laughs> oh, which, by the way, that's what I want for Christmas. I want one of those stamps. <laughs> was, like Steve James has that just says, Best Steve, and he just stamps it. I mean, that is bloody brilliant. You know, I get, um, on my birthday card, Steve wrote all the very best with a stamp. What, he, um, he, he, okay, that's interesting. Mm, yeah. He riffed around his own stamp. He did, yeah. I'm extra special. Um, and then I did, so I think I'm wanting house things, like I want a vase and like a Joe Malone diffuser, like boring things. I think that's excellent. Yeah. Because we haven't got a lot of the kind of utensils at home, I started a wedding present direct wedding list. I said to my wife, can you just choose some plates and some knives and forks? Because we've basically still like students. And she's literally, the list of stuff on there is unbelievable. Like she's gone for like sort of cashmere sofas and stuff. <laughs> like and I was like, no, this is not what we're doing. But anyway, it was a very good idea because it's consolidated all the things we need in one place. And mm-hmm. then I just sort of systematically go and pick them. Like things, it's, you know, things like a pizza cutter because we give the children pizza so often. Uh, but it's actually served me in very good stead because I've cherry picked a few items off it for her Christmas presents. Very handy. So I don't have the yearly panic where you know, the year keeps shrinking and the 25th gets closer and closer and you haven't done anything. So you end up getting her a cowboy hat and 20 scratch cards. <laughs> Your wife's a lucky woman. <laughs> um, so well, she on... is now with the wedding <laughs> presents direct. Yeah. And that's it. That's a wrap in 2022 and our podcast series for the year. Thank you, Freddie Long, for joining me today. You're a busy man. And so I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone who has joined in and listened this year. We really, really appreciate their continued support and we hope you enjoyed the series and found it useful for finding out more about your colleagues and the growing team around us. We will be back in 2023 with a packed schedule. But in the meantime, have a lovely Christmas and a wonderful new year. And why not in January sign up for the Walk the World Challenge and join your colleagues as we take on the challenge together. And don't forget, you can catch up on the entire series wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next year.